search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone to episode number 62 of the Broken by Concept podcast. We're going to do a little bit of mailbag, a little bit of topics. We'll start with some topics, Curtis. Yep. So one thing that I've seen a little bit in my Discord. Yep. Um, let's get the quote. Um, I didn't perform this game. And I'm trying to think of what's the difference between I didn't perform and like that's actually my level of play. Because I think, so the thing about League of Legends and I think that the way you climb, I mean, this is, I wouldn't say think this is just the way it is. It's just consistency, right? So, you know, you, I always say it's like, Sometimes I get a review from one of my Soul 2 members and it's like, well, this game, you didn't have to solve difficult problems. So it could look like a good game, but everything, it's like like a, a beautiful, a perfect situation, full clear. Um, you just get happen to get a gank on that side. Let's say it's bot lane and yep. it's double kill. It, that doesn't mean it's bad. But yeah. yeah, it's not bad. Like you got to do it. Like you're doing it. You're capitalizing yep. on, you know, but it's like, okay, well, what about that game where you know, you get counter gank there or you um, you have to concede that crab or someone's heavy trade and you got to like loop. You know what I mean? So it's like there's level of problems to solve in the game that's going to cause consistency that might say you look like you didn't perform that game versus another game. Have you thought right. about this at all? No, I haven't thought about it. It's interesting. So like, you know, like, you know, if you know people say like, I just play bad there, you know, like, mm. like I, th- I, think, I think that can be a case and I would say in my games as well, but... I always try and think about it. It's like, what is the level of difficult problems you have to solve in the game? Is this just a jungle thing? Like, like what's a, what's a, what's like, is there an exact ex- situation like that for jump for mid lane? Like what I just described, like a solo kill gets given to you. You get a good base off an amazing base off. Well, amazing first base. Look, uh, honestly, a lot of my problems right now coaching have been mid game reliant. I would say that people get my message and they get what I teach about laning. They get, you know, the small wins mentality. They get incremental leads. But then tying back to what we're talking about now, the mid game is where you you get really tested. There are some games where you're, it's it, it's pretty self-explanatory. You kind of group up. Your team's not really getting caught out. It's, it's like a you don't really have to do too much to win the game. And then there are other games that... It's a shit show. There's chaos, and you got to be very strategic in the sense that you got to be able to identify the tendencies in the game. How how often are people getting caught out? The psychology of your teammates, when you should group, when you should split, looking for creative picks. Those are very difficult games to win. And right now, I I'm really struggling. I think teaching those really complex or those harder to those those situational games where you actually do have to do something that's a little bit inefficient you have to like give farm that's right make some like those are difficult those are hard games to win yeah and i it's i'm finding it difficult to to teach those wins um so yeah you could you can win one of those games in mid game playing not even that good but it was just kind of like a, a relatively easy win straightforward but then when you know, when the going gets tough, when it gets tricky, they get exposed instantaneously. Um, so in, I wouldn't say in the early game, I don't really find that an issue. I would say more the mid game. Adapting to chaos. Adapting. So you view it more so from an easy versus hard mid game. Yeah. Yeah. That's at least, at least that's what I'm seeing at the moment with my, 
with my uh, Midland Academy. I'm really struggling with mid game translation of leads, knowing where to be on the map, knowing when to ditch away versus go for a play, knowing when to group versus split. Like it's getting, uh, and again, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about this today as well. It's just like kind of like adapting to chaos and, um, you know, uh, the way I've been approaching it so far, at least with a lot of my high elo clients, I'm just grinding reviews. That's it. You just need to put the numbers yeah, in. Yeah, I'm just grinding See reviews. lots of situations. Come by every one or two weeks. We'll do as many reviews as we possibly can. Over time, I'm going to be questioning your perspective. You're going to question my perspective. We come together and we, we slowly expand our knowledge of the game. Identifying trends. Yep. And we... And, oh, like, oh, interesting. That's what we're seeing here. That's what I failed to identify this game. This is what I failed to identify this game. Here I failed to adapt to this. And slowly it starts to click. Oh, shit. I can actually group here. I actually can split there. I don't think it really comes overnight. I think it's one of those things. Absolutely. That, it just not. comes with through bulk reviews. Bulk, you need to really chip away a lot of things. Do you get people that are scared to come to reviews? Yeah, of course. I, we talked about this on an episode um, before um, where... I mean, I feel like I, we, I feel like I haven't done a good enough job of, of, I guess, stressing the importance of coming to reviews. Yeah. Maybe also we don't clearly outline enough the benefits of even reviewing just like a game, just a quick, just one, just, just a quick, quick. Yeah. Just a really, really quick one. Just like look it over. It doesn't have to be a, an amazing no. VOD. Cause it could be a really I, shitty I, VOD. I, I don't think you can ever ex- expect an amazing VOD that I don't think that like, I guess you can have it, but mm. 90% of your games, it's going to be one little thing, but that's it. one or two little things. Yeah. Yep. But that's what you need. It's, yep. not, it's not like... My best reviews are usually like 15 minutes long, 10, 10 to 15 minutes long. Yeah, because you can just identify, bam, 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 yep. bam. This is it, this is it, this is it. End of review. Yeah, 100%. So you, so tying back to what you were saying before, Nathan, so what's this exact... So you're saying that... Well, yeah, so like, let's say they perform bad versus like, well, that's not... You're not actually... Like, that's actually a level of play. Like, you're not capable of solving these complicated problems in the game yet. And like, that's your level of play because it's like, okay, you have like a a right. 15 and 0 game or something yeah. like that and then you know it's like again you don't get that early game that allows you to like snowboard 15 or right? like it's actually not you performing badly you know what i mean right okay so you're you saying that saying? Uh, so right so okay so you're so it's like mistaken like i'm playing bad versus actually this is my level of play so how do you identify how do you differentiate between a game that was out of your control you actually played really well but you lost anyway versus um i actually genuinely played poorly and i could have won this game is that what you're saying? No, it's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying like the statement that I performed badly in this game. Right. Versus, it's so like they're saying they're performing uh, below their level. But this is actually their, this is actually their, them at their max. Yes. Ah, oh, okay, right. So these because mistakes were inevitable. They were always going to make that mistake, no matter what, no matter how good they were playing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we need to keep working on this a little bit more. Give me some more curves. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think about how... Well, let's, it's very it's very easy to look at a game score and feel like you played well, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And yeah. Th- but it's also inversely easy to look at a, um, a game where you have a really bad KDA or something like that. But you actually that. played pretty good. Or like you had like a really crack at a really good situation. Okay. Like, like things can get yep. out of control, yep, yep, like yep. especially for jungle. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Okay. So, I mean, out of interest, 
in your soul too, have you noticed a trend that people don't like reviewing wins? Have you had that conversation it, with anyone? I mean, I'd say it's some people love just give me wins all the time. Right. And some people are uh, give me losses. In the, the Midland Academy, it, it, it's become clear that it's very rare that people review wins. They don't. Wait, like so you're saying wins. they review themselves or they bring it to you? Just this is not even about the reviews what I do with them. This is them by themselves. So you don't want a three block. Yeah, they are less inclined to review a win than they are a loss. So in their own three blocks. In their own oh, three blocks. I mean, I don't really ask. So how do you know that? So this is something that I've gotten messaged many times. I find it difficult. They'll say things. Like, I find it difficult to review wins. I don't. I don't yeah. get that. I don't feel I can I mean, get I, myself I, to I, review wins. I bet you if I sent out a survey, most people wouldn't review that. I, I, but it's but it's interesting because because they'll just sit back and but again going back to it, it's like oh that I just performed really well that exactly. Game. It's it's neat. It's easier to tie that up together, right? It's like okay, I won, therefore I had to have played pretty well this game to win. But that's not really the case. Some sometimes it might, but most time probably not. Um, but if anything, it's actually you get much more value looking at a win than a loss, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. That's what that's what me as well. Um, I mean, this this is what I'm looking for. You know, so this is a great game for me. I have all the information. Yep. And I'm making even if I make the incorrect decision, it's like at least I had the information to make that decision. Okay. And a really bad game. Is I I'm just straight up missing information. You're not so even in, you're even, not even processing information, so yeah. it was just coin flip. Yeah, it looked like it may have worked or didn't work. So your fear, Nathan, is that people are coming to you in the Discord. They're saying things like, um, "I'm playing bad," um, but th- this was actually their level of play. That's right. And in the process of saying I'm, I just play bad, they're not taking responsibility for that. That's right. And then they're not going to. It's like oh, I'm just. You can just throw it away. It's and like they're I'm not going to get bad. into the review and really be like, oh shit, this is actually my level play and own that. And then Correct. right, got you. So how? But, but you, that's tricky because there also it probably is times where you're actually just playing like shit. You well, know, it's like you're missing information, just getting lazy, sloppy, you're not pinging when the enemy jungler starts. You know what I mean? It's like, how do you differentiate it? That's the tricky thing. Well, there's a lot of things I've come to the conclusion, Nathan, that it is feel oriented. And I hate saying it because my response to a lot of these questions is just feel. For example, um, I get one a lot saying, um, Curtis, how do I know when to move on from my learning objective? Yes, there's you, you outlined a technique that you did with Will where you can have like the rating thing, like out of 10. You're mostly doing like eight out of yeah, 10 Yeah, like this, there are like things like that. But for me, I haven't ever done that. I've just done it by feel. Like, do I feel as though I am re- I'm reliably able to do this using my muscle memory? Like, I'll just use my in, in, instincts and intuition to know that it's muscle memory. Um, there's a lot of in, things in the game that are just fear. We don't have, like we've mentioned a trillion times in the in, in the podcast, there are no, there's not many good KPIs. In league. In league. It's hard. So, like, a lot of time I'll say, it's just feel. Um, you know, or they, they'll say things like, how do I know when I, when I should start playing a champion in ranked? Or how do I know when I should um, implement a new champion in my pool? There's all these questions that there's no like hard law that you do this, you're at this level, boom, you can do it. No, it's just feel. And I hate saying it, but at the end of the day, it really is. And I think that when it comes to what you're trying to outline now, it really, like at the end of the day, Nathan, I truly believe they do know. But they're not honest with themselves. I know if they're playing like shit yes, or not. Yes, they know. They do know. Versus their level they can, of I mean, no, let me rephrase that. They can know if they are honest with themselves. I genuinely believe they can know. 
Okay. And, you know, we talk a lot about reflecting and, and having the, you know, that tough conversation with yourself. And the most important conversation you have is the one with yourself. I truly believe when they type that out, they, they haven't really taken a second to just take a few deep breaths. It's like an emotional response. Like, I finished this game. I'm playing like shit. Yeah, I played like shit. It's, it, well, it's, again, it's really convenient to do that. But I don't, and the people that generally do that, and, and I don't blame, and again, this is not out of a judgmental space. Like I can understand why that result, why why that response would come about. But I, I think people are a lot more capable than they than they think. Um, in terms of identifying things like that, because your intuition will tell you. You know what you're capable of. You know what you're not capable of. If you have that, if you if you actually again are able to put your ego aside. But in league, you know, we said this many times, whether it's friendship groups or, you know, many other reasons, lack of a growth mindset, whatever, it can be tricky to have that, I guess, honest conversation with yourself to say, holy shit, you know, this actually probably was my best and I was going to make that mistake. Again, tying back to you got to be okay with failure. But, um, so yeah, I, look, I think they do know, man. That's my, again. That, that's my. If take. they really try, they think. If they that. really try, I think they they will know. Yeah. Well, I mean, how can you say that, Curtis? How, how can they know if they they don't have the the knowledge to know that? They're no, because you know. Yeah, but you even if okay, you know. Okay, let's just say this: If I know what I know about the game, right? I know what I don't know. In a way, I know that if there's something, there's a situation that I haven't seen before. I can look at it and be like, "Look, I've never seen a situation like this before. This is." Look, if I were to get into this situation again, yeah, I probably would know what to do. But at, at, at this moment of my current level of play, I, I didn't know how to approach this. That's true. Yeah. It's not that hard to come to that fun. conclusion. Yeah, I agree. I'm learning Kiana right now and there's a lot of situations where I'm like, okay, I, I tried my best in this game. This I genuinely had no idea how to approach this scenario. And like, okay, now I know what I probably in review. So you could review and break it down. I can break it down. Like, okay, next time I can now I can kind of see the signs that would tell me to like play this a little bit differently. But in the moment, I I had no idea. That's just my level of play at the time. It's okay. I, I think it's if you get very specific about the play, right? If you get very specific about the play, you can look at it and be like, I either knew what to do and failed to execute on it, or I didn't. I'll tie it back to the stage one, stage two. You know, if they if they looked at the play and like, okay, you're in the game and they knew what the right play was in their mind, they had a hypothesis and they just failed to execute on it. I mean, that's where it gets complicated because maybe that is their level of play micro-wise as well. They might just not have the level of muscle memory to execute on it. But, yep. but I think that again, if you get specific, you're going to be able to know whether or not you know. Actually, I think that's the key thing there. It's actually getting specific. Yeah. Like, even in that terms, like I'm playing like shit, like what does that mean? You would have to get it's specific. It's very general. It's very yeah. general, right? You get specific about a situation. And as humans, we love to generalize things, put them in nice little, neat little package sentences. League right? of Legends is one of the things that, you know, we, it's so easy to, to say something in general terms. Oh, it's very easy. I mean, with ourselves, we got to, you know, sometimes yeah. I find myself saying things too general <laughs> and I'm like, just send a clip, dude. Send a clip of the exact situation. True. Send me a draft of the situation. Yeah. Send me the exact situation. Let's get into it. Specifics are the the medicine yep it's the medicine man looking at situations it's the absolute medicine um which ties into you know what i was saying before i'm really struggling at the moment um with people um struggling to adapt adapt in games 
we talk a lot about a lot being flexible and being versatile in a game. And um, there were going to be some games. Okay, I'm going to again use a specific example. I had someone message message me in the Midland Academy messaged me recently about he's re- he plays Vlad and he's really struggling to play around scuttles. So he he had a game where he was playing Vlad and like he knew that he could never contest the scuttle. So as soon as his Lily even got remotely close, he like danger pinged and said, "Can't come, I can't help." Great. Right, and then well, the he had li- a Lilia jungle. Yeah, a Lilia with a Vlad. Vlad Lilia is probably. But it was <laughs> versus like Lee Sin something. It oh was, it was, god! It was never. It was never. Gonna, yeah, it was Lee Sin Syndra. Yeah. yeah, and so he said way in advance, right? Like, I, wait, how did he? Did did he know that Lee Sin was going to be at that crab? Yeah, like he, like he, knew, or he just pinged it because he, he knew he saw Lilia was doing like a bot to top, and okay. saw like Lilia was going to probably like go into top river. Yeah, so he said way in advance and pinged like Danger on the scuttle, saying like, I can't help, right? Like. Yeah. Which was actually really good. That's great. But then that Lilia got tilted by seeing the pings and then like went in anyway. And then because he, and the reason he knew this is because he added him after the game and said, how come you went into the scud? And he said, your, your pings tilted me. So I went in. And, and then I'm like, this just happens. Like, you're going to get these people. Like, <laughs> how do you do it in that situation? And I don't know. I said, I said, look. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was shocked as well. I've never seen that before. To get that jungle insult him, I'll whip that person. That, shape, it's ridiculous. Man. That's ridiculous. And um, so I'm like, you did the right thing, man. I mean, and then he asked for advice. I'm like, well, I have seen other Midland Academy members who play like really weak early game champs. They'll literally type at, before the minions are spawned, they'll type to their jungle, I can't help you on Scuttle already. They'll literally say that. And sometimes it works, other times not so much. Some junglers will just tilt, even if you say that. Um, which is unbelievable. Uh, it's it, in terms of adaption, though. Sometimes, but you got to be okay with it still failing. You know, like you can't mind control people. You, no, can't, you can't play the game for them. Yeah. So, like you, the, the the tricky thing in league, Nathan, is that you got to try your best to impose the most control. The most you got to yeah. Game. You got to have the most try. The most impact in the game, which sometimes you know you got to call lane assignments in advance. You're going to call off dragons. Recently, right now, on my Kiana, I've been calling off objectives and si- people simply will just go to it anyway. Mm. And I had a guy, you know, um, you know, on my Smurf, he doesn't know who I am, right? And I- I'm just playing on a second account in like Diamond and in Master Games. And there was, it, was a, it was a situation, right? This is the situation. I, th- uh, my top laner didn't ha- have TP. It was a Yone top into a Trundle top. And the game was like even state, but we were like, we're in a pretty good spot. And dragon was coming up and it was, we had one dragon. They had no dragon. So the second dragon of the game, it was like a cloud dragon as well. I'm like, well, and then Trundle ditched topside because both the top laners didn't have TP. Wait, you have the Trundle? They No, they have the Trundle. Okay. So their Trundle walked all the way down to prepare for the dragon. So it was 5v4 at the dragon. And I'm just sitting on mid. I'm like... Well, Yone's just top hitting t- tower. Just give the and I start and I'm picking it before the dragon spawns as well. Just give, 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 right? We don't need to fight the four v five. It's the second dragon of the game. Let Yone just get top tower. It's not the end of the world. So, because we were initially posturing for it, because we didn't expect the trundle to walk down, but then the trundle started walking across mid lane. I'm like, oh, fuck it. We walk back. We all we all like. St- I started backing up. I went all the way back to mid, and then they just kept going. The Nidalee like just chilled, and the whole team was like posturing for the dragon. And um, I was like, I just left it. And then they went in, tried to like fight and then um, died. And then they, f- the nearly just went off of me. And um, 
He said, well, you have you just start spamping my ultimate saying like I have Keanu ultimate. Yeah. And like, and I remember thinking about the game, like, you know, like, and that's, you know, he tilted out of the game after that. Right. Cause he's like, well, we win this. He's saying we win this. It's, we got you spent. He's like, you're Keanu and dragon. I'm like, and like, I see where he's coming from. Like, yeah, we could maybe like win that 4v5. Like it might be close. It's not necessary though. But in my mind, it's like, risk. why? I don't want to risk that. It's yeah. a, it's a coin flip fight. Yeah. Being on the same page sometimes, sometimes, sometimes in league, you just, you will just instantly lose a game if you're just not on the same page mm. with someone because someone really knows that they have their idea. Exactly. And then you so have they're really idea. stubborn. They really want to do it. You know, so like, that's fine. I, I, the way I'll lose that. Those games, you just lose, you just lose it. Fine. Yeah. And it's I, fine. that's the way I wrestled with mental. I'm like, well... I'm happy. I know my call. Yeah. And I and I know I was happy with even how far away from it. Like, it's not like I pinged it last second. Like, I gave plenty of warning. Yeah. So, like, I ticked all the boxes. As long as you did everything you could, I'm, I'm fine. Hey, I'm, I'm fine I'm with losing that, that game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm confident with my call. Yeah. And and um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a situation where I just lose. And that's, like, kind of what I want to say to that guy, that Vlad player. I was like, you just lose this. That's right. Just lose the game. Yeah. That's a game you're just you did the right thing. You can still do all the right things and lose the game. Oh, absolutely. That's that's and yeah, it pe- sucks. People, like to be honest, I think that people being confident in the cause is something that I need more. Mm. I need. I want to see more of. Yeah, I, me too. I because want to see people, that as well. People, especially I mean, mid lane jungle. I mean, junglers get like. I mean, we get pinged a shit ton right for yeah. things. Um, and it's very if you don't have the confidence. You are you are just going to hundred percent going to go to that. Pick. He's going to go like, every every fire just react. Yeah, yeah. like and those situations are very difficult for me to help but the thing is nathan what i wanted to the reason i brought about this specific example is that there's a fine line and you know one of my midland academy principles is you know a uh, a poor fight executed well is better than a great fight executed poorly a great plan sorry a, a poor plan executed well is better than a a great plan executed poorly so like there's there's a there's a let's say that that, that exact scenario comes up again but then um Wait, no, isn't a great plan executed poorly better than a bad plan no, executed well? No, a poor plan executed well is better than a great plan executed poorly. A poor plan executed well? Yeah. Can you explain that to me? So, um, let's just say the call just fucking... Okay. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah the call is yeah. not good, but you're on the same page doing it. Yeah. It's actually going to... Um, be better than uh, like the the best macro call. Just like everyone's all over the place and it's not doing it properly. But I could also see from the others angle as well because a great plan. I don't think so. Think about it. Okay, let, let, okay. I'll give you a really easy to example then. Solo queue one through one. Yeah. On paper, one through oneing is like the best strategy because like it's like if you play the if you play the one through one well. Yeah. There's no counterplay. Everyone yeah, everyone's everyone's playing yeah. off their ranges, knowing not getting engaged upon. They constantly looking at the minimap, knowing like where they are, because that means you're getting three lanes of farm. You're pressuring. You're getting all the towers at once. You're getting the maximum juice out of a Baron buff. But how many times in solo queue is, you're doing one through one, and then someone gets caught off guard? It happens ninety eight percent of the time. Hence why I never want to run a solo queue. Yeah, because it's too hard to execute. So that's a that's a great plan that. If you do it, it's going to be executed poorly. So I would much rather just four one, even though it's not as good, but it's ex- at least it's executed yeah, well. That makes sense that situation. That's like an exact, yep. you know. Um, another one, okay, in scuttle fights, right? You sometimes there's like a really close um, 50-50. and this this is the whole point of this conversation. I was going to say is s- s- there's a, there's a world in which I should have committed to that dragon. There's a world in which that works. So let's just say maybe. The um the trund uh, like the dragon was coming up a little bit sooner, 
and like Trundle was like a little bit further away. Like we can maybe yeah, you could sneak it in. Yeah, maybe we could sneak yeah. it in, and because yeah. at least then we're on the same page. We all know we're committing to the fight. Yeah. You know, I could see that working. And and what I'm getting at here, Nathan, is that like that play, if the if the timings are a little bit different and the locations are a little bit different, I might have taken that play. I might have just I might have just said, oh, okay, well this guy wants to fight it, like. He um he he he's not gonna go back or like maybe I, maybe I know this guy's already pissed off from before the game he's like I've assessed the tendencies like his his states psychologically he's he's really on edge I have to do this play yeah. otherwise he's gonna tilt out of the game anyway he won't listen to me so there's all these notice how there's all these other factors, factors at play factors, yeah. that that you have to assess that come with time yeah you know we're reading the art of war at the moment and there's a there's a thing about I think one of the essays is about like how there's the psychological factor as well. Um, there's not just like the, for example, there's something about like the morale of the army. So you might have a bigger army, but their morale Low might morale. be like screwed. Yeah. So like that turns the tables. It's like, it's just another factor, another variable that you need to consider. So when I go into a lot of these reviews, I get over, sometimes I, I don't think I do a good job of explaining this is that you just got to adapt. What's happened in this game? What are the tendencies of the players in this game? What are the what's the psychology of this player? Have they been caught out a lot beforehand? Are they are they already raging and going crazy? What are they, are they playing overly aggressive? What are they doing? So there's going to be some games where they're going to listen to your calls every time. I've had those games where they always listen. Get other games. I've had a few of them recently where no one fucking listens. Yeah. So I have to do something that's inefficient mm. and not good for me mm. because I have no choice. Mm. And something I'm really struggling to teach. Yeah. Yeah, the the I mean that's what you're describing. That's like rigid mindset in a way. Like I also want to talk about going back to the Vlad situation. Is that you know like he actually can contest. Like it should be open in his mind that he can contest some crabs. Yeah, it's hard, right? It's difficult. Oh. No, but no, but you can't have that rigid because trust me, he will lose a game because he hasn't contested a crab. He should. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, and yeah, that's, I can that, see you know that. that that's that's actually what held me back so much last season because I had this perfect little rigid mindset. Right. And you you've got to. Uh, the, like I review, you know, whenever you hire, yeah. the best players in the game, they just limit test some Adapt, shit and just yeah. do some crazy shit. But like, I, I think but, that, I, but that I like his better. mindset at the same time as well. Though it's like he, yeah, it's good he's like well. assessed the mid jungle two v two, and like he's like really put thought into it. He's like, I just don't want to fight this fucking scuttle. Like, how hard is it to just not? No, get yeah, a no, but you like, could also like that. Least he could do a bad gank, get chunked, and then Lily yeah, has to move on That's him. True. You know, that is true. Or like you've got a good chunk, you can move and you can. So what he's trying to do though, he's trying to figure out a way to prevent his jungler from dying to his mid laner giving prio that's all he's trying to figure out a solution to so in a way though if you think about it nathan let's just say he says that i can't contest yes there might be missed opportunities but i think the 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 safety of going for that route will outweigh the missed opportunities in a way over the long run over the long run yeah but then over the long run again that's a rigid mindset (laughs) that will hurt you Fuck man, League of Legends is so complex. This is complex. It is. It, it really is. There's a lot of questions that I just don't have answers to. Yeah, that is that as well. It's like I don't know, dude. Like even like specific <laughs> situations and stuff, you know. Like, like at the end of the day, right? So, so sometimes I feel like when people like ask questions for situations and stuff, they ask they they're like looking for like you win every situation. Do you right. get that? Yeah, that's interesting. But, but you know what? You lose, you should lose. You know, they talk about 52% win rate, 48% of situations. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Like, like, I feel like sometimes when I review, when I, t- like, this is one specific situation, but you actually, I think we should actually talk about more. It's like, 
you lose. Like, lose. This is a good loss in like, a way. Yeah, like lose. Like you're going to lose this because this, but being being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. Because maybe the way we're teaching Nathan is that we don't emphasize that enough. No, I don't think we do. I don't think up. we do. Yeah, everyone wants a perfect answer to the solution, but I, I want you to lose it, like losing the situation, situation, but winning that situation, losing that, then winning that, and then it's like over time, it's like okay, well, in that, in that game, I won more of the situations. Yeah. Lose. Like what, what I'm what I'm trying to do, especially in my own games now, is just like just messy shit. Like I've had some really good messy games that I'm starting to play a bit better. And I feel like the rigid games are like the harder games for me for some reason. Especially right. the jungles that I verse. Because you know, it's like you verse some people, right? And you know how you say, you know, they're, like they're not playing good League of Legends. You know, they might not fun, but it still works. Like, it fucking works sometimes. And, yeah. the, and, and this is the hard, hard part about results-based analysis in League. Mm. You know, you can like look at things, you're like, you know, you, you know how like results-based analysis, is that, that's like got a negative stigma to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is true in aspects, but sometimes you can't... I don't think you should ignore it, though. It's like there's, there's an element of it. But I guess there's that story. What was it in our last Broken by BBC uh, book club discussion? Was it Jordan who brought up about the planes? The right, results? that was interesting. Yeah, it's like they, they saw all the, one, all the planes that were shot down and looked at the bullet holes. Where they were. And then they, they strengthened that area, but they missed all the planes that they never recovered all the okay, you fucking places. butchered this explanation, dude. Yeah, yeah really? imagine if someone who doesn't understand the context, you just <laughs> did I butcher? I thought I explained it well. No, let's give a bit of context, okay? Okay. So, in this is World War Two, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, they were trying to figure out a way to know where to strengthen the plane, so where to put the extra armor. So they, they'd have like, you know, they can rearmor like certain parts of the plane. So to, then they don't get so shot down. So then the, the, the pilots don't get shot down. Yeah. So then when they were trying to get information and data about, okay, where should we put this extra, this extra plates or extra reinforcement on the planes, they were looking at the ones that came back with all the bullet, bullet holes. But what they failed to realize is that there's all these planes that aren't coming back. So you're only ever seeing the ones that survived. That's right. So okay. they, they could be shot down in other parts. So they're, they're, re, they're re-strengthening this area, but this, you know, you're only seeing the ones that just got lucky potentially. Yeah. And all these other areas the, where they're actually dying, they're just in the water. You just don't see those planes. So they actually should reinforce the areas that are away from the bullet holes in a way. Because these are the ones that survived. So it's like a counterintuitive way of like using informa- information. But... um. Look, Nathan. I think that I think that the the, the thing is here, Nathan, is we we, we got to. Um, I mean, this ties into the again. You got to be okay with failure. But I understand leagues are messy as fuck game. Yeah, solo it's queue. a messy as fuck game. I think yeah. I think you must embrace that, otherwise you can't have success in solo queue. What do you think? You must embrace that it's messy. I mean, yeah, we I mean, say yeah, this. We, 20, we say this all the time. Yeah, embrace the coordination for solo queue, but we just we with a touch of rigid mindsets like really general good general like fundamentals no okay fundamentals so, no, th- this is a better way to frame it nathan so we teach champion mastery a lot of the time right we we, pre- we preach champion mastery yep. so the goal this is when i think of like an ultimate solo queue player this is what i think of right i think of a a guy that has a small champ pool or, or girl a small champ pool um, with a lot of champion mastery on, say, three champions. 
Now, they know all their matchups. They know what fights they like, what fights they don't like, how to play their... They know how to, like, uh, you know, um, identify their role in a comp. They know how to identify win cons. And then they also have really good fundamentals within that role. So we're the jungler. They have great jungle fundamentals. The mid laner, they have really great mid lane fundamentals. So notice what you got there, then. You've got the three aspect you've got. Um, for mid lane anyway, you've got the mid lane fundamentals, you've got matchup understanding, and you've got champion mastery. For jungle, you would have the jungle fundamentals, you would have um, the actual champion mastery, and I'm assuming matchup understanding of how to play against the enemy jungler. Boom, that's all there. So now that you have all this here, I imagine it in my mind the way I view it is like it's like a it's like a series of dot points. These are all the things that you know. These are all your skills. Then there's a scenario. Then there's a situation at play. Now we got to choose from our our skill set, our arsenal, our arsenal here, which ones we want to implement, and then which ones we're actually not. We're going to choose not to. We're going to actually, even though this is a fundamental, I'm actually going to put that fundamental aside for this game. I'm going to choose to purposefully go against this fundamental. I'm going to go purposefully against this little part of my champ, my champ identity because I have to adapt to this exact scenario. That's now that's very, so, so yeah. you, in a way, yes, it's rigid, but it's, it's purposefully, you're, you're, you're intentionally going against the grain. Based on this fundamental of the game. Based, based off this unique situation that you have to do that. Yeah. That's a unique way, a unique way of approaching it. Um, that way then, you're, you're, you know what rule you're breaking, but you know you have to break it. Does that make sense? That's the sort of player that I want. So I teach all these fundamentals. They have beautiful champion mastery. Then they will choose to break certain rules, knowing that it will bring about a better result. So going back, using an example, going back to that dragon fight, there's a world in which I win that game if I break the rule of not going for that coin, just actually taking the 4v5. In my mind, it's 4v5. But because of this guy's mental state and because of this guy being his tendencies of a play, and I know they're not going to say no, I have to go with it. I have to, I'm actively choosing to break that rule to adapt to this scenario. Another great example for a jungle would be invading without lane priority, but you're so much stronger than enemy jungler, you can just quickly get yep. them and just get out. Yep, that's a great one. But then there's going to be scenarios where... Um, you know, you got to go back to that scenario and be like, I mean, okay, actually, there's a better way of framing it. Last episode, remember at the end, we spoke about how to VOD review. And I was saying how we're overwhelmed, like how the hell do you VOD review? I went ahead and I wrote an article on my Midland Academy and I sent you the steps. I want this, this, this actual process is what develops um, a free flow mindset. Um, uh, uh, the ability to adapt to chaos. This is what actually what developed and why we developed oh, it. Ready? Okay. So I'm going to lay it out. The, the steps. Yep. It's a six step process, yep. but the four steps are the most important. And this is what me and you, Nathan, do really fast, intuitively, and we've done this for years. Okay. So step number one, you go back into the vod, and you actually just you just look at what you were thinking in the moment. So it might be. Um, it might be you you, you you go to this gank and then you like look at the play. You're just observing. You're not you're not even saying it's good or bad. You're just basically reliving the moment to like okay, this is what happened because you know a lot goes on in the game. You kind of got to bring it back to the forefront. 
So once you've identified what actually, you know, what you were thinking in that moment, what you're processing, then you actually look at what happened as a result of that. You look at, okay, well, I made this decision and this is what happened as a result of it. Um, you know, my, my, my top laner died or I traded sides of the map or whatever happened as a, as a result of that direct decision. Then what you do, the third step, is that we now look at the situation and we ask ourselves, well, what would the alternatives look like? What would the what would okay? I, given I made this decision and it ended up in that result, what would the alternatives look like now that I have the beauty of hindsight? Well, okay, maybe I actually instead of going for that top gank, I don't go, I don't show on the map at all, and I just continue to full clear reset, go to my bot side. Well, what would that look like in the next two three? Minutes? What would that? Yeah, yeah. What, what what would that look like? What and opportunities what, would I have? It's like using like an like a, a great example was using an alt for a fight one minute thirty seconds before dragon. But you should have actually held your ult for that actual dragon fight because they just respawn and that doesn't really mean anything. Right. But you can't think like this in the game. You've got to think this is only what you're able to do in the review. review yeah. So now what you do, this, this third step, you know, third step is all it is is you're assessing what the alternatives would look like, okay? And then um, once you've actually identified what the, what the probably the quote-unquote best alternative option would have been, then and and why that was the case why this alternative is so good then the fourth step is what 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 information what prevented me from actually seeing this option what concept did i not understand what variables did i not consider where do i need what are the signs that the game is telling me for me to make this decision how do i see this decision next time is it because i wasn't actually um did i not assess that the enemy jungle's path in loading screen or did I not see what side of the map they started on or I didn't look at the HP bars of the, the, the top matchup or whatever it was. There's always like a piece of information or a variable or multiple that you missed in order to not come to that conclusion. And then you get, and then, and then you just continue on the f f step five and six of like notes and, and skim the rest of the VOD. Now, this is should be all in reference to a learning objective, obviously. This is all in reference to a learning objective. You want to objective. focus on something. Right, focus on something. You wouldn't do this for every single fucking decision of the game. Yeah. This is obviously in reference to a learning objective. Yeah. But anyway, that is the process that we do it. So, for example, um, I've been doing this with my uh, skirmishing with Kiana. Every, like, any, any p uh, key pivotal skirmish with Kiana, I'm looking at it, seeing what happened, and then what the result of that skirmish was. Then I'll replay it multiple times. And, it, and as I'm replaying it each and every time, I'm trying to look at the alternatives. What's the alternative? What is this? Can I hold my ult? Can I sit here out of vision longer? Do I even need to take this fight? I'm, I'm figuring out what all the alternatives are. And then eventually I'll come to my conclusion. Boom. How come I didn't see this option? Is it a state? Was it a stage two? I didn't understand a concept. I didn't understand a variable. Or was, it my, was my mindset wrong in the, in the game? I could never have come to this conclusion. That's using the three-stage thing again. Does that make sense? That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's right. Really fast. Yeah. We do that in, in... You look at a situation, we do that in 10 seconds. Boom, boom, boom. We see all the alternatives because we've done so many... I literally watched VOD for a living for three years. You yeah. know, that's all I did. I've seen every scenario. Yeah. I just know the way the game... So, yes, if you're new to the game, you, you're going to be... It's going to be a lot harder for you to do this because you to don't... identify the alternatives. It's going to be a lot... You can have a crack, though. Yeah. And then you bring this into a review... And they're the coaching sessions where you'll get the most value. That, but that allows you to develop a chaos, chaos, 
I guess, adapt to chaos more easily because... You always think about alternatives. Yeah, you're always thinking about alternatives. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like at the most fundamental level, when, when a lot of people are looking in reviews, they don't look at the alternatives. There's always a, there's always a, a way. There's always a way. Whether or not you could have seen it in this game is a different story though. But there's always something that you could have done better to increase the likelihood of you winning a game or winning that skirmish or doing better in that specific scenario. And we've just done that for years. That's all it is at the end of the day. I feel like that's so overwhelming to hear from someone that hasn't reviewed the amount of games that we have. Because it's like, they're like, well, there's so many alternatives. How can I ever possibly be able to do, to look at all the alternatives? But again, that's why you would bring it back to, it's like... That's a one specific thing as well. You'd only be looking at, it could be resets, right? For a mid laner. Only do that for the resets. It's not that complicated when you look at it one specific thing. It's not, no. It's not really. Especially when you tie it to, does this align with my champion identity, champ mastery? And that's why champ mastery is the core. Oh, champ mastery is the core. Is the core. It's the absolute core. I think that whenever things go off track, I need to just bring it back to champ mastery. Champ identity. Champ mastery always and champ identity is crucial. Because I remember some like games... Um, um, that I was reviewing with Tim. He plays Eve. Dude, yeah. how many... T- I've got a trillion Tims in my mid lane. That's true. I don't have many. This is... It's an army, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've got an army of Tims. <laughs> and um, we were trying to like problem solve this like Eve game. And it's just... You're not going to win that game of Eve. Just yeah. shut champ identity. Like this is not a good... You know, you, you can't... Go, I don't think you can go into that mindset of trying to figure out how to win every game with that champion and you, you know where this is mostly seen is when one trick communities start coming up with like the most versatile build right have you seen that sometimes yeah, yeah, or like yeah. i see it a lot with people that especially yeah, when they 100%. build like tank and stuff like <laughs> tank apparently <laughs> tank is like the solution to being versatile in every situation yeah i had this i i was playing keanu into like a zed i can tell this zed like was on like the zed mains reddit or something or like discord yeah he had like some fucking crazy like exhaust it comes when keanu like Conqueror, exhaust, secondary resolve. He had like some crazy. He just did nothing, like no damage. Like he didn't realize, like if he just went normal setup, he'd do better. Yeah, they overcomplicate it big they time. Overcomplicate it. Yeah, that's that's what I find the most when people 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 stray away from champ identity because 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 what happens when you one trick it, you actually in that mindset. How can I be as versatile as possible? Versus, but at the end of the day, that's not how league is. There's champs in good games. There's champs that in bad. That's just the way it is. Yeah, I got a guy, um, a twisted fate platinum player. He's so fucking good at Twist of Fate, right? Mm. Like, I re- review his games every time. He's stuck mm. in Plat 2. Mm. And I review his games. I'm like, yep, you're fucking doper. We're doper again. <laughs> and I'm, you know why he's not climbing? Because he's a TF1 trick. Yeah. You can't climb playing TF every game. Because yeah. there's some games that are just simply unwinnable for that's Twist right. of Fate. I would struggle to climb through Plat and, with only Twist of Fate. And that's, but that's so, you think about how, how easily you can get trapped in that. It's like, you. Again, you're trying to get in that mindset. You go down this rabbit hole, and I feel like that's what makes you so much. You lose motivation in champion, and you just start hating a champion so much because you go down that rabbit hole. It's like, you know, I'm trying to like win games. Like, how do I can I win more games? You start getting into that versus just bring it back to champ mastery. Yeah, champ bring it back to champ mastery. Okay, so this is a beautiful segue. There's two huge topics I got to talk about today, Nathan. We'll try and get through them both of them today. Okay. Um, we're not going to have time for mailbag at this rate. All right, we'll try and we'll try and get through this fast. So I got to talk about this. So Timofer in my Discord, he's done his a, two, a very unique two week challenge. I think I hinted at it's the last one where he um it was so this is the challenge for two weeks. He must exit the post game lobby before the LP loads, 
No checking match history. No looking at profile and client or even an OPGG. So he has no idea what LP he's on. I love it. And sometimes he had to cover his eyes. He had to like put his hand. It was intense. He, he had to do this crazy fuck around way of like exiting lobbies, LT4ing yeah. to not see his LP. So he said this, the mechanism, I shielded my eyes from seeing the top half of the screen where the LP demotion circle was located and then clicked the X next to play again so I wouldn't see anything in the post lobby. Where this all started, the inspiration was Ting and him spoke about how he was going to play extra hard because he only had one LP and a demotion shield. The concept of playing harder than usual due to the amount of LP that I have is contrary to the improvement mindset, which he should, and then he realized I should be playing the hardest every game. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm in demotion. I have to try even harder than stuff. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, and he said, by it's removing LP, prior performances, win rates, etc., from my consciousness entirely, I hope that I can have a higher intensity and quicker improvement. Now, these were the results, and I'll go through the results Here and the conclusions. Go. He did yeah. success, just finished this two weeks, yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. It was incredibly hard to stop himself mentally from mentally tallying up his wins and losses to have a rough estimate from where he currently was LP-wise. Like, he was keeping, like, a mental scoreboard. He was able to go without looking at LP profile match history for 12 out of the 14 days. I looked at my profile to look at my clash performance to see what my cannon win rate was after an amazing stretch after picking up the champion. And then he has in brackets, self-ego stroking, dot, 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 question mark. On three different occasions, I was made aware of what division I was in. Someone asked me what happened causing a demotion and two pop-ups that appear next to the play again button when you promote a division. Which brings me to the next point, I promoted twice during the challenge. In the beginning of the challenge, I had a shameful tilt cue. Um, looking back at the LP graph now, over the two-week period, this point, I was the lowest, at the lowest point, he was D4, zero LP. The peak uh, that I reached during the challenge was D2, 99 LP. Wow. Conclusions. During this two-week period of time, I also made two other changes to my play. First, I realized that what I love about my champions, Diana and Nico, is to come in off the flank. So he learned a lot about what he liked about the game. And, he, and what he loves about his champion pool. He must say, though, I didn't know exactly where my LP was. There were tons of games that I played where I didn't know if losing would cause me to demote or promote. So I was forced to play the majority of my games with a very high intensity. For me, at least, this strategy was a replicable way to play more games with a higher level of intensity than normal. When attempting this challenge, it would be recommended to exit the lobby completely instead of using the eye shield method when you promote a division. A little pop-up appears right above the play again, button, blah, 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 blah. Um, he's going to continue to look at his profile as little as possible and other people should give this a try. So now, by the way, he actually just reached D1. So he went from D4 to D1 in roughly two weeks. TLDR. Wow. You know how hard that is to do? Yeah, that's very difficult. It's a hard, one of the hardest climbs in the game. Yeah. Wait, but has he been high diamond before? No. First time D1. What the fuck? That's really impressive. It's really impressive. All right. Well, I mean, that's obviously you have that's one person to win the challenge. So, so a few people, and then a, a um, a, like the conversation um, ensued afterwards, and people were saying how like they they firmly believe visible LP and the mental fluctuation caused by it are the biggest factors mm, when true. it comes to tilt and mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people here basically saying that you know, um, here we go. This one here. I can only speak through experience, but when I find myself putting value on the LP, it is only due to external problems such as slowly drifting away from improvement towards the climb, which is never healthy. Yeah, so look, at the end of the day, this exists. 
what I've known, what what I want to caveat this with Nathan, and this is this is this is the sad reality. What I've come to conclusions with is that not everyone wants to climb this bad. Like they'll do that type. Yeah, of this takes the fun out of it for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I, I, for example, I gave this guy, um, you know, feedback about exactly what he should do, mm. but he's like, I just don't find it fun. Yeah. Yeah. So like, look, if someone wants to do this, this is in a way, it's like, there's no reason that you shouldn't do this if you do struggle with it, even remotely struggle with it. But people wouldn't do this because no. it requires so much discipline and effort. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have like that, that thing that the dopamine detox and stuff, the no social media and stuff. People are like, yeah, it's probably helpful, but yeah, it's not fun. Exactly. Yeah. So like, there's no doubt that this will provide results for people. Yeah. Huge. Especially when you're in that, that, that D, D forwarded, master tier um, rank because I believe one of the biggest reasons people struggle from D2 to master tier specifically is all the mental it's not even actually level of play really I've come to the conclusion yep level of play exists but I really do think there's a fear of versing master tier players they think master tier players is like this whole another you know crazy thing and the level the level of play difference is not that great so um, I just found that interesting did you have any other comments before we um I mean, props to Tim for having doing that. That's a, it's not easy, and it worked. Yeah, it just shows, man. For him, anyway. <laughs> I guess you would know, but it's like what happens if you do the challenge and you like look down and you're like literally lost like six hundred health. You like look back after two, he's like, oh fuck, that didn't work. I just don't think that would happen. <laughs> no, though. it's it's definitely very interesting, and I agree. I mean, yeah, I mean. The LP gains and everything is just so damaging, man. It's just unbelievable. So Nathan, what you you're right now on your solo queue? You've been struggling on your solo queue. Yeah. Give us an update. Is this has LP tying into the LP? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I maybe I need to do this challenge up, but challenge because you know how I said last week I'm trying to get back just back to five hundred. Um, you know I got up to like four hundred and forty LP, and then like one day I like got auto filled first game. I need you like always dodge it, but because yeah, super, surprised why you didn't dodge because I was super confident. For some reason, I was just like, this is just so easy, right? Mm. And I play a Galleon mid game, right? And then that game just goes disastrous. Like, I actually had a really good early game. You versed a good player as well. Did I really? Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah, he's a decent player. Right? And I was like, you know, it's like some confidence stuff. And then it's like, then the next game, I do something ridiculous. Um, And then I'm just like, I have to get this LP. I kind of, I like, I, so you I, were actually thinking about the LP? Yeah, I was thinking about the LP. Oh, wow. Because cause you know what? Because I the day before that, I was like, like I'm playing some really good League of Legends here. And then I'm like, well, that next next day. And then it's actually interesting. The confidence caused me to tilt. The confidence that you did have. Yeah. Because because I thought that I was better than I actually right. was again. You know, again. So you just weren't getting into the details again and straying away from the process. Yep. I mean, it happens to all of us, man. We always relapse. Scary shit. And then I literally lost six games in a row that day. And it's just like, just shocking League of Legends. Unbelievable, Nathan. But it's fine. We're back. We're back on track now. We're all good. And maybe I need to do Tim for Tim. Yeah, challenge. dude. Maybe you should try it. Yeah. See what happens. Maybe you can do it for two weeks and give us give us a um yeah. an update. Um. So yeah, I would love to see if anyone else does the challenge. I think a few people in my Discord are going to have a go, and then maybe we can I can share some more results as 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 I get more information. So Nathan, I want to talk about Tyler One. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Now Tyler One's doing a mid lane challenge, right? You yeah. know he's going through his multi. He got challenger on jungle. He got challenger on top lane. Um, obviously he's done on AD carry. 
So he's only got mid and support left. And I look, I got to say, man, I was wrong on a few things. And let's, I want to get very specific here. This is a, this is a, this is a, a tricky conversation to have. So first things first, I think he's like 300 games in, or maybe more. Um, he's playing ridiculous amount of games. Like we're talking like 27 games. He's playing 12 hours straight type stuff. Like yeah. he's playing, how many games you said he played in one day? It was 26. It's, it's, he's playing ridiculous numbers. Absolute spam grind. It's unbelievable. Now I think I'm, I'm actually going to get up his OPGG here. Um, his name, I think you believe his name is Mammoth, Mammoth Man. Um, Mammoth Man what? 65. Oh, here we go. Mammoth Man 65. Currently in D1. Currently sitting here. Yeah, he's got he's got about 300 games. Sitting at D1, um, 4 LP. Which is pretty good. Pretty good effort so far. Now, my initial hypothesis was that he was going to be stuck in Diamond on mid lane. I said he was going to be stuck for ages. So I was wrong. Now, I want to break down a few things about Tyler 1's climb, what we can learn from him. Um... And what does this mean? So a few things we got to caveat this with. He's done the top lane challenge, right? So he's actually had some solo lane experience. I think if he had started mid and went to top, there would there would have been a differing... Um, it wouldn't Result. have been as fast, yeah. Okay. Now, let's get very specific here. Let's talk about his champ pool for a second. Now, Tyler One has done something very smart. He's all in on his own, his identity. Now, I've watched a lot of Tyler One recently, actually, to do a bit of research on this. What is he doing exactly? Yeah. Okay. As a, as a mid lane expert. Right. Himself, Curtis. So, right now, he's most played is Aurelia mid. Mm. 49 games, 76% win rate, which is really good. Yeah. And he's genuinely good at Aurelia. Like, I, I got to give props to him. He genuinely is good at Aurelia. His wave management is pretty terrible, though. Um, his micro is pretty average, but he knows how to skirmish. Now, Tyler One has very unique strengths. Tyler One is not afraid to limit test and go in. And I'm assuming he's had a lot of experience with Aurelia playing top lane. He's a Chad. Um, Aurelia is quite strong in the mid lane at the moment. He knows how to fight. He knows how to kill people. And he's not afraid to limit test. And he genuinely knows Aurelia's limits. He knows how to win games with Aurelia. Got to give it to him. He's, he's done an excellent job with shows. He's, he's getting absolutely, he's getting really good results with Aurelia. Um, he, yeah, so he, he plays the, the game very strange. He, he, he has a, a, a huge focus on like what's happening around the map way more than he would actually need to. Like he has this really holistic view of the game. Like he, he doesn't think about the lane that much at all. He doesn't really care about trades that much. He doesn't care about wave states. He doesn't really care about himself. He's more just thinking about the map, the junglers. He's always tunneling on the junglers and what's happening in the side lanes. It's very unique. Um, and that's not what you usually see from diamond mid laners. No, no. It's And it's usually not what you would want... To focus on. No, it's not what I would focus on. It's, it's very strange. Now, his second, basically... It's basically his second most played. Well, his second most played is Fizz, but we'll get to that in a second. He's, the one he's been playing the most recently, because he played a lot of Fizz earlier on, was Akshan. Akshan, the new mid lane champion. Now, Akshan is genuinely overtuned right now. And Akshan, it, it basically, um, it, it cheats the fundamentals in a way. He doesn't really, he just shoves, shoves, shoves. Q, 
cues the wave like a Civic Q, 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 gets heaps of prio. Um, obviously, he has decent 80 carry mechanics because he's played 80 carry. It complements his strengths. Yep. Again, all inning on that. He's not really playing for lane. He's just kind of farming up, scaling well. Aurelia scales decently. Akshan scales decently. Again, pretty poor wave management, pretty poor micro, no matchup understanding really. Just kind of sh blindly just shoving, shoving, shoving. But again, because he's very aware of what's happening around the map, and he's, he adapts to skirmishes, to skirmishes, doesn't really, he, he doesn't, um, he's not afraid to go in. Um, he compliments his teams very well. He goes to the objectives. Like, he understands this stuff. He's had a lot of success. He has a 59% win rate with Akshan. So Akshan and Aureli is two most successful, two successful champions. Now, look, I don't want to hate on him in a way because Akshan, it might be a bit overtuned, but he recognized that it plays to his strengths. He's an 80 carry mate. It plays to his strengths. He doesn't need to play for lane domination. Doesn't like he played Quinn top as well and stuff. Right. Yeah. He's playing champions that don't necessarily need to have the most amazing fundamentals. Okay. But he's trying to play champs also here, which is, I don't make sense. He tried to play Fizz. He's got a 49% win rate with Fizz over 49 games. I've seen his Fizz. It is shocking. Mm. He wins not by playing a good Fizz game, by just, again, slamming his face into the wall. And he won't climb with Fizz, I guarantee you. Like, he's, he's got most of his wins in, like, low mid-diamond. mid, mid diamond. As he gets to high diamond, he can't really win games with Fizz anymore. So he's not playing to his champ identity, or... Fizz doesn't he's make sense. He's fundamentals. Yeah, Fizz, Fizz, he will not climb with Fizz because he's... You need to have very specific match, I'm understanding. Your wave management needs to be very good. And um, you get punished for making poor skirmishes. Like, like just not being calculated. Because so you get far your, behind XP. Your abilities. Yeah, he's not calculated enough as well. Because you never get insane CS numbers of Fizz either. No. So you can't rely on that. So, see, he doesn't know how to play Fizz, genuinely. He knows how to, like, kill people, but he doesn't know how to win a game with Fizz. Got it, yep. And, he's way, and his early game is way too cornflip because he, do he doesn't know the matchups. Like, he was complaining about... I, was, I got specific. I watched his Fizz vods. He's, like, playing the way shockingly. Like it's like platinum. I, I would I would expect that from a platinum four. Yeah, you know that that bad. Yeah, and which makes sense. He's got a forty nine percent win rate, and that's going to get even worse as he gets higher. And LeBlanc again would doesn't make any sense for him. Again, you need really good wave management. You need to understand the fundamentals. Forty three percent win rate. So any of the champs that really require good fundamentals in the mid lane, he cannot play. He wouldn't be able to play a standard control mage. Now he started to start. He's starting to play Annie recently. But the thing with Annie again, like I haven't, he's only played nine games in, so I haven't really been able to see how his Annie has progressed. Um, again, it depends on how he plays Annie. Does he, I mean, you could probably get away with playing Annie and Diamond with, which kind of just poor wave states, but then you just want, you just, you're a stun bot at the end of the day. But he will struggle to climb through Master with Annie. I don't think that will last. He's only going to climb with these champs here Tristana mid, Lissandra mid, Pantheon. Um, Aurelia, Akshan, these champions that just kind of brute force priority, um, decent skirmishing, um, don't really play for the 1v1, more play for like skirmishes and 2v3s. It's not about like small wins mindset. No, he doesn't like have the small wins mindset level, at all. Not high level, level gameplay. And what I want to say about mm. Tyler here, I respect this though, because he's all inning on his identity. He's not playing to become a pro player. He's not playing to be challenger for multiple seasons in mid lane. Because it wouldn't work. He wouldn't be a multi-season challenger mid lane player. You know, he wouldn't. He wouldn't reliably be able, yeah. even able to stay in challenger. At the end of the day, these skills take a long time to develop. Yeah, and that's okay. But he's doing the challenge. He's just trying to pick yeah. challenger and then go to the next role. So I really, really like that he owns his identity. I think that's super smart. So I want to see him play less Fizz, less LeBlanc, 
Don't even try Annie. Just stick with your Champo. And I, I, I wrote a list out of champs that would be good for him. Even like simply Galio would be great for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, set mid would be really good for <clears> him. <throat> like just cha- even Lucian mid would be decent. Like champs that really hone Doesn't in. Lucian need small wins mindset a bit? It does a bit, but he's, he's got 80 carry micro. So got I think it. he could get so away with it. mechanics max. Yeah. And he gets pressure on like every matchup. So he'd, I think he'd be good with it. Um, so, and even like champs like Rumbleman, things like that, he would be good at. So... If he, if he if he starts if he continues to play like the Aurelias, the Akshans and stuff like that, he will get challenger. He yeah. will. Yeah. It'll take time, but he will. He I genuinely didn't believe he would. Yeah. But he will actually faster than I thought because he's only honing in on his identity. So now it's just a matter of how is he gonna get like is someone gonna meme him one day about his champo and then he's gonna get insecure and then play switch champs, which he'll be stuck. So. Yeah. Will will he or will he not? I don't know. So that'll be interesting. That it's all going to be around his champ pool. So um, found that fascinating. Now we throw we get throw the the term elo inflated gets thrown around a lot. Yeah, you know, and, and specifically from you know people say champ, you know, uh, champions like like the I mean Akshan in a way and Tristana mid and from the jungle role like Nunu and. Um, Ivan and you know there's, there's certain champions that are kind of I guess they're more inclined people are more inclined to use that term elo inflated with these champions right would you agree with that yep yeah let's say but like you like- never hear like an elo inflated Oriana or an elo inflated Lee Sin it's very rare I mean, unless at least in mid was really strong, but like... Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends in the meta. Like, you know, when Udyr, like, it's like more like low mechanical champs. Yeah, it's usually low mechanical champs with a very simple um, strategy and it's easy to play. Like a Malzahar mid or something. Yeah, like Malzahar that. mid, same things like that. So, so it's like when the full clear jungle meta will be like Udyr, Hecarim and stuff like that. Right. So let, let's let's get specific about what I want to... Because I want to... We, we hear this all the time. We got we to gotta break it down. Now, I want to use this with the example of Tyler 1. Let's take my champ pool. And then we're going to take Tyler 1's champ pool. If we removed his two best champions from the game, let's say League of Legends removed Aurelia and removed Akshan from the game. Yeah. And then they removed my two best champions. They removed Fizz and they removed Victor. Said goodbye. Um, now, and we, we, we were forced to start from zero, start from scratch. Who would get to Challenger first? I'm... Down, it's a no-brainer, it's a no-brainer right? Because because it's mid fundamentals. Because the fundamentals are there. I yeah. can pick. I can. Pl- I'm not reliant on playing Fizz and Victor. Yeah. Because the 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 skills I've learnt playing those champions are gonna flow on to all of these other champions. The skill set is going to be there. Right. But the thing with Akshan and Aurelia, there's not. I mean, okay, let's just say. I mean, Aurelia is not a good example because Aurelia is actually a genuinely good champion. I respect Tyler 1 a lot for playing that. Yeah, so, it's a hard champion. So it's a very it's a hard champion. So I I I don't want to say that, but but um you know the the premise is there still. Like that he he is in a way he, he's missing certain fundamentals that he wouldn't have been forced to learn otherwise with certain champions. So if those champions were to simply get removed or get really really weak, he would struggle to climb on any other champion. Now the example gets a little bit more cleaner on champs like say you get say you got someone who climbed mid lane with um, Malzahar and um, Tristana mid or Malzahar and Yasuo. They remove Yasuo from the game and they move Malzahar from the game. And then you compare that with someone who played um, LeBlanc and then they played, let's say LeBlanc and 
What's another one? Let's say LeBlanc and Oriana. The person, if they remove LeBlanc and Oriana, that person can pick up many, many, many other control majors or many other somewhat decent assassin and climb back up. But what's going to replace Malzahar? I mean, Yasuo, you can kind of replace it with Yone, so maybe Yone would be in there. But there's not many champs that you could just replace Malzahar. Because Malzahar... Kind... Not real. No, not at all, actually. They play completely different. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Malzahar plays super aggressive fast. Yeah. Malzahar just minimized to... You like, mean Nivia plays as aggressive fast. Yeah. 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 So, so the point... Basically, what I believe ELO inflation is, is that... It's not that they're not that ELO. They are that ELO. With that champion. They're not, I, I wouldn't even... I don't, that's why I don't like the term because they are that ELO with those that's champions. That's how the rank system works. That's, the rank system never lies. They are playing at that level. If Tyler 1 were to get to Challenger with these champions, he is Challenger with those champions. That's right. But what ELO inflated, I think what people are trying to get at is if you were to remove those champs from the game, they wouldn't be Challenger. But for someone else, even if you remove their champs, they can easily get back to Challenger with other champions. That's all it is. Yep. So whether or not that's the case, you can't hate on Tyler One. He's doing a beautiful job of all in on, on his identity. And he's not trying to be a pro. So I, I'm, I actually respect Tyler One a lot. I mean, I don't respect his process and I don't respect the way he 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 like the way he talks about other players in the game. And like, he, he is delusional about, he doesn't really understand that much about mid lane. Um, like he complains about matchups when it's just, he just doesn't understand jack shit about the matchup. This champ's OP. Yeah, he just says stuff about like, like <laughs> this champ's bullshit. It's like, you just shove level one as fizz. No shit, the champ's going to be bullshit. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. But, but I do respect that he's, that he's all ending on like this. Um, and I think this is a message we pro should probably spread more in a way. Not everyone is going to climb the same way and you don't need to climb the same way unless you're trying to be a pro. So own it. Don't get insecure that you are that X player who plays that champion. If you enjoy that champion and that's your goal, own it. Yep. And I think Tyler One is, is the living example of that. Um, did you have any comments on this whole Tyler One climb? Or and you know, he's getting results that a lot of people in the game would love. I mean, think about how many people amazing, amazing being a challenger. Player. Imagine and getting to Masters, a huge, huge achievement. achievement. Yeah. It's coming to the role. It's incredible. Yeah. In such a short period of time. Yeah. It's incredible. Um. But his spamming games is, is unbelievable, Nathan. Yeah, I know, 22. Like, you look at his stream, like, he's in stream for, like, 12 hours. You go yeah. to the start of the stream, he's, like, posture's all good. And by the, <laughs> yeah. by the end, he's literally like this. He's like this by the end. He's, like, at the end, he's like this. He's, like, playing like that. It's very typical to my posture in the app podcast. Go to As the game goes, it's just so funny. It's it's so, so funny. Um, But I just found that, yeah, faster. So, it'd be really interesting. I, I, look. If we were to both guess, Nathan, how long is it going to take him for to get Challenger? Do you think he'll get Challenger by the end of the season? What, November, right? So it's only a few months. No. You don't think he will? No. I think he will. You think he will? I Just the sheer will. amount of games. He plays a lot of games. Again, he's stubborn and he's he owns on his identity. He's just going to get, he's like, fuck it. I'm only going to play these champs. He, he'll get to that point, I reckon. I think he will. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be tough. It'll be close, but he will. Okay, that's my that's my guess. So I went from being a T one non believer to a T one believer because he's owning his identity. Yep, because he's owning his identity. That's some great analysis on Taiwan for us, Curtis. We'll see what happens, I guess. So you see, they're studying his stream. I was. I literally studying his gameplay. Like, because yeah. I, I mean, how is he? I struggle to get people to master. Yeah, it's hard as fuck to coach people to master. Yeah. He's just picked up mid. Yeah. Obviously, he's we've we've spoke we did a whole segment on Tyler one before in one of our other episodes, right? Yeah. So we can kind of understand why he's different. But um, you know what he's done is no small feat. 
and um, I wanted to learn like what what is he doing? And he has a very unique skill set that I've never seen before because mm. he's come from all these other roles. Yeah, he he doesn't play mid like anyone I've coached. Never seen a player like that. It's his own touch. Very unique. Yeah, because think about it, he doesn't watch anything, dude. He just goes in and just he just he's just a test and learn, test and learn. Yeah, limit. Which test. is a really good mindset to have. Yeah. But he could use a lot of, and he genuinely does. Like when I, when he dies, sometimes he actually does say, like, okay, that was just a limit test. Like he, yeah. he will say that, and like he does register when he's doing something stupid sometimes as well. <laughs> I think that there's no way you could get challenged with not having yeah. that mindset. Yeah, you, know? you want to win. Like he's a competitor. Yeah, he dude. definitely wants to win. Um, He'll figure out how to win. It just maybe take longer than, than normal. But he flames his teammates way too much. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you can get away with that. Yeah, because he's title one. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, do anything else you want to cover before you go into the mailbag? We got to jump into mailbag. All right, let's get it. Away we go. All right, first question here comes from Terry. Title of this email is called, Am I Downplaying My Own Plays? Hi, Coach Nathan. It's me, Terry, also known as the former world's best silver and gold player. And viewers might remember me as the locked cam TP Cassidy who was going in blind. (laughs) That's like a famous video. It's all like 20,000 views on YouTube Yeah, he's famous. You're very famous, Terry. We're laughing at his expense. <laughs> Is that what that was? So during the latest coaching coaching session with uh, Curtis, I was told by him that I'm a player with a lot of confidence in terms of play execution, which was something that I never fully acknowledged until Curtis told me. But a friend of mine told me that there is something that I do often that might or might not unconsciously hurt my confidence, which is the fact that whenever I dominate my opponent, I always attribute the domination to enemy's mistakes more so than the things that I did good, which my friend says that I'm downplaying my own plays. For example, when I was reviewing a 1v4 outplay that I did, as opposed to saying how I dodged all the skill shots, I would say that the enemies missed all the skill shots and misplayed their CC. Another example would be during the latest session I had with Coach, uh, where I showed a VOD of myself playing Echo into Yone and dominated the Yone. But as opposed to attributing the lane domination to my good early lane hypothesis, good execution of my strategy, and good understanding of fundamentals like Curtis did, I attributed the... Lane domination to the fact that Yone had a bad understanding of the matchup as he never used W to negate damage from my trades or not using his E at the right time. So do you guys think that I'm downplaying my own gameplay and what do you guys think about this kind of behavior? It's an interesting one. It's a very interesting one, isn't it? I mean, because you, you got... You, I mean, you can see how it would be very healthy sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's good to be hard, your own your own biggest critic in a way, but you've got to be simultaneously your, your biggest critic and your biggest fan. I guess going to that thing, talking about looking at alternatives, you could also yeah. think like, what should the any, how could their enemy have capitalized on what I did there? Well, the, yeah. The, the way I view it is this, is it's good to look at, and you know, a situation and being like, all right, I played this well because, you know, I had a good hypothesis, I had the wave in a great spot, blah, 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 blah. But then they also, you know, these people probably didn't understand the matchup as well I did. 
but that doesn't discredit what you did. They can both coexist. You can play well, they can play poorly, but it doesn't mean that you beat your... It doesn't... doesn't you don't think any less of your achievements or your level of play. The way that I view it is you're simply capitalizing on si- them, yeah. them screwing up. That's it. You're simply capitalizing. And, and you shouldn't have expectations that there would be any less in your... your is he gold? He's um, platinum. Platinum. You know, you can't really expect no. it. I mean, you got to just... You know, everyone's going to be making mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. No one's going to play perfectly. Yeah. Like, so I think that, like, in a way, I don't think you should get rid of that. But I think he should probably not jump to conclusions as much, right? So recognize what you've done well and why this is replicable and give yourself a pat on the back for that because yep. it's important. Yep. Whether or not they know how to navigate that situation is on them. Uh, so, But I do think it is healthy though, Nathan, to, 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 to distinguish between what is them playing... Like, was this them just playing poorly? Because hmm. like, sometimes when you get the wave in a good spot, it shouldn't even lead to like a kill. It should just mean lead to like small wins. So like these guys made it worse. Yeah, they make it worse. But that's actually very good to think of it like that though because not many people... It's very rare that a client will actually go through that. Usually it's the other... It's complete other end of the, expe- uh, the spectrum where they look at something they did well and they will over-exaggerate because again, it feels really good to... To be like, oh, I did this well, great, 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 great. They, they want to em- overemphasize the things that they've done well, and then they don't realize, oh, this is a, this actually probably wasn't replicable. So he's actually gone the other end of the spectrum and yeah. being like, holy shit, I did this well, but this probably isn't replicable, and giving shooting himself in the foot because he's he's overemphasizing that. So yeah, it's like it's going back to the the original um, what I talked about at the beginning of the episode. It's like, is this am I playing good or bad, or is this just like my level of play? Yeah, it is in a way. So I think what Terry should do is, is actually continue this, but bring it a little bit more into the... He needs to find that mi- that middle point where he's mm. he's he's looking at what he's doing well and giving himself a pat on the back, but still recognizing that the enemy messed up, but not disregarding. Like, it's like that that is what it is. I've done the right thing. Great. Oh, interesting. They probably could have played this a little bit better. And the reason that's important is because next time you come into that matchup, you're not going to be thinking it's an automatic win. You can be like, oh, they could actually, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. That's what I could expect. It's good. It's very thoughtful analysis. It is. That's what we talk about. I think it's really good as well. I mean, I don't really see much problem with it. I mean, maybe he could be downplaying it too much. I don't know to the extent, you know, but I think it's pretty healthy. I think it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Very good problem to have. A good problem in league to have. There's many other problems that are a lot worse to deal with. Yes. Yes, there are. So yeah, I, I don't, I think, continue with it, but I, I um, put less judgment on their their mistakes in a way because that's inevitable. You're not playing in Challenger. That comes with Diamond. That it comes with Platinum. So thanks for Terry. Always good to see Terry around the BBC. Yep, the very famous, infamous. I love Terry. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, it makes me feel bad. I was just laughing hysterically at him in that video, <laughs> that clip. I wanted to write in to add a discussion. Oh, sorry, this next one's from Basher. Yep. The title of this email is called Write In uh, for Discussion Topic. It's actually just not even entitled, but there we go. I wanted to write in to add a discussion idea regarding the following. I've always had a lot of issues regarding being flamed. For whatever reason, presumably ego, being flamed just activates something inside that gets me every time. I'll never flame myself, but I always get irritated when flamed. And then he respond. This is quite a nasty habit that I've tried to look deeper into, but I think the main issue I've had is developing a way to get past it. So he won't start the flame, but it's like, 
An eye for an eye. You flame me, I'm going to fight you back. Flame you back. So I encourage Basher to write this one in because it's... I'm concerned about his view and the way he talks about other people in solo queue. Okay. Like, it, it's it's got to the point where, like, if if, you know, if he sees anything, it's extreme... You know, the way he look he looks down on other solo queue players, you know, which is quite concerning. Um, so there's two ways to view this, right? You can go the, the good old mute all route where you never see anything, so it never even matters. But is that just a cop-out, Nathan? Oh, it's a good one, isn't it? It's a very difficult... I mean, I always struggle with this. Again, I, I usually just look at chat until it becomes unproductive and then I'll, like, mute people. Yeah. But, um... Then you could go to that. You never get to that point, right? And you just purely um, just mute all, and it could be a. So what do you say? What do you say to soul to people like people that don't deal well with? If it's struggling, just mute all for for every game, no matter what. Just disable chat if it's affecting you that much. You like like you've tried to like solve it, but it's affecting you too much. Have you ever tried to like break down how to how to prevent why like why it affects these people so much comparatively to you, Nathan? Like what, what? What? Like when you see the chat, what? 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 Not. What about it just not phases you? So then uh, you don't react. Well, there's a couple of things that go through my mind. It's like, a, I know that whatever I say is not going to have a positive outcome. So it's not, you can't change people's behavior in solo queue when when people stuck in an emotional. So that's step number one. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna there's no positive outcome for myself or the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. I guess I mean it goes back to number one. It's sort of just like a waste of time because again, it's not positive in my eyes. Um, number three, I'm just so focused on other things like my level of play and all that sort of stuff. Like, and number four, I guess I'm really confident in my ability. So you know, maybe if I'm playing bad this game, I'm getting flamed. It's like, well, I'm probably going to carry that person in another game. So right, yeah, I think mine's relatively similar. Like, if I see something. Like, for example, like a classic one, like I was playing Bard on my main the other day and I, I just did some really silly like engage and then I just get like question marks and like say lol. Like that's an example of someone, if he, if he, that was to him, like if someone did that, like question mark, question mark pinged him and then said lol, like he would like, you know. Go off. He's yeah. going off. But, but, but when I see that, it's like, oh, I guess that makes sense. That was a pretty bad play. But even if it wasn't a bad play and I envisioned it getting played out a different way, the way, like you there's never a world in which I'm going to be able to type to that guy and then he's going to be like, you know what? Yeah, you actually were right. It's never going to end well. No, it never does. No. So like, you, you, I just don't want to go down that rabbit hole. No. Like, you just know that it's not going to get you anywhere and you're just going to exit that game feeling worse. Every time you go, like, you go down that rabbit hole and you start to try and have that conversation and abuse him and he abuses you, you, you feel like a dick. It ruins your whole evening, dude. You actually feel, does, you yeah. will feel terrible. So I think I'm, I even do it from a very selfish standpoint. It's actually, it's just like, this isn't going to help me win the game. Me getting LP is more important than everything else here. Me winning this game and focusing on my gameplay is, is the most important thing. And look, a lot of the time I, I recognize when I can't control my emotions. Like I just mute all when I know I can't. Yeah. that that's a good, like for me, muting always like, it's like the, it's like, okay. Last resort. It's the last resort. I, I can't, I know I'm aware enough that I cannot control my emotions at this point. I'm just going to mute. It's not productive anymore. No. Now look, at the end of the day, I think with Basher, 
what I said to him, Nathan, was that like, this is obviously a problem that is extended in his real life as well. He, he, he you know, he it, it's some it's some ego protection defense of course, mechanism. That's what it always is at the fundamental level. Yeah, it's some defense mechanism that like you know he's not okay with people disrespecting him in thing in, in life or whatever it is for for what yeah for whatever reason. And and I think that like you know, I don't think we have the skills to 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 break that one down. <laughs> so that's that's like a that's like a healthy gamer yeah. thing. That's a healthy gamer thing there. Yeah. Um. So I would say either what mute, mute all every single game. The other thing as well is like, you know, I think we actually have broken this down before. We talked about having like empathy for the other side as well. Mm. Like I think that this is this is the way that I view it as well. Like I just play with a bunch of kids. You know, like they're just a bunch of kids, man. Like they're just having fun playing a game. I I've realized that's actually. That is one way of viewing it. Yeah. But I've realized it's actually, for me anyway, it's actually, that's actually fairyland. Because mm. when I'm in that moment, that's not how I, I'm not going to be, I'm like, because the way I'm viewing it, Nathan, he's already gotten to the extreme of emotions. Like when you're up there and you're so emotional, you're not going to ration your, rationale your way no, out you of can't. it, you know? No, you you're not going to be like, okay, let's just, you know what, Basher, you know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's be a little bit more logical here. That's not going to happen. No, it's true, yeah. So that's why I think you, it literally requires sheer force of will, like discipline to mute all. Like it sucks. Just do it. Because you sort of like, you feel like- Be you, the bigger you, man. You've defeated. Yeah, be the bigger man, yeah. Be defeated. Yeah, be defeated. Just be defeated. Lose that. Yeah. Again, ties back to losing in a way. Being okay with losing. Like- at the end of the day, he doesn't know who you are. He's not important to you, nor are you important to him. And even if you were to somehow prove him right, what do you get out of it? You stroke your ego a little bit and you make yourself feel better temporarily. You're going to forget about it in in half but, an hour, yeah, 10, ten, 10 minutes. Yeah. That game a week ago, you won't even remember. You don't even that. know that guy's name. He doesn't exist. Yeah. He's anonymous. He's an anonymous person on the internet. It doesn't mean jack shit. Mm. So in a way, just use... Use your sheer discipline to say, no, be the bigger man. There's moments in your life where you're just going to have to suck it up. Whether you're, you know, doing a shit job, like me, you know, me working at McDonald's. Suck it up. Just suck it up. Yeah. I'm just going to wash all this crap. I'm going to cop the abuse and then I'm going to go back home. Just suck it up. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tildia. <laughs> suck it up. It's a solo queue contract. What you it's a solo queue contract. It's what you sign up for to play solo queue. The anonymity of the internet that's going to happen. That's right. Next question here is from Jameson. The title of this email is called Using Another Role to Become Less Toxic Slash Learn New Perspectives. Hey, Nathan and Curtis, I've recently achieved my rank goal of Diamond 4 from being basically hard stuck plat 4-2 for the last two years. Huge ranked anxiety. But through the three-block process and 30-30-40 mentality, I was a jungle-slash-mid player. Since hitting my goal, I lost all motivation to climb, as a lot of my drive was to beat my friends who were around that low plat range since reaching Diamond 4. I've noticed I've become a lot more toxic and OPGG checking in champ select and mentally tabbing out if I have bad-slash-fully-auto-filled teams in lobby. So he had a good process. Now he's hit his goal. He's moving to more toxic um, tendencies negative tendencies this is where i have recently adopted top lane into my play more specifically jack's top and only jack's plane through top has flushed away a lot of the toxic and angry mindset which i had with the toxic team diff with jungle and sometimes mid 
I also had developed this mindset from reaching my goals and through not having any further goals for this ranked season and just blindly playing to keep diamond. Playing Jackson top lane has really drilled in the process of patience and that as jacks, your whole game can be over if you mess up early as it takes too long to scale. If you're behind, and that's all on me since usually junglers might gank top. Um, this mindset has really helped me pick in jungle again and it's rehoned my mindset through playing this playstyle that no it's no one else's fault only mine. We'll love to hear your guys thoughts on this different on using different lane to change a perspective or using it as a mindset changer. Cheers for the podcast. Um he's from Os. Interesting. Uh, you know it's as simple it is, is he's just enjoying the game again because you're learning a new role. That's it. That's no, it. I don't even think it's about the role. No, it's not about the role. It's the champ as well. Oh, it's the champ as well. Because I have found this yeah. with learning a new champion. Yeah. That process of going back to basic with a champion it's is so actually... Fun. You actually never... You, you don't never think about toxic the... L- and nothing. There's no... Yeah. You so feel free when it's you so learn the champion. It's so free. Yeah. But when you're... Because ge- it's the most... You have no expectations. Zero expectations. Yeah. You don't give a fuck about the LP. You're just playing to learn. Yeah. That is it. And you don't feel like... A bit, because it's a second account a lot of the time... It, you've kind of proven to yourself in a way... Like, especially if you've, if you're, you've already achieved a goal, right? Let's just say... You got to master tier and you want to expand your pool at master tier. A lot of the time when you learn, your say, this new champion on a second account in platinum or whatever it might be, you don't, you're going to be less inclined to feel low confidence because it's like, I'm already master tier. I've gotten to master tier on my other champions. I'm capable of doing that. Now I'm just purely focused on learning. And no matter what anyone says, the, the, the flame just goes straight over my head. Like, I just laugh at people flaming me in, on Diamond in my account. Like, I get Master T players and Diamond players flaming me on my second account, you know, when I'm, you know, 15 times the LP. It's just, it's just like, it doesn't, it just goes straight over my head. So, I'm so, like, so even if I get flamed, it doesn't mean anything. I'm just so focused on the learning, on the learning process yeah. that it's, it's, it brings you back to what League of Legends and why you love the game. Why you love the game. So, That's interesting. How can you encapsulate that mindset even when you've played 500 games with a champion? And you're at this rank you've been playing Nathan, for. Look, I'll be dead serious. I, I, I have reached. I have. Okay, I need to. I don't know how to articulate this, but I've gone to a level with Fizz where I am so flow state every game I play Fizz, no matter the situation. Like I, I don't think I've reached this level of champion mastery on barely any other. Like Oriana, maybe when I was at my peak. If I play Fizz, no matter the comp, no matter the scenario. I'm I'm just ultimate free flow zen state. And I don't give a fuck about the LP when I play Fizz. I don't care about anything. I'm just... I love the champion so much. And I have so much fun playing the champion. And I know exactly what I'm looking for. And I know exactly how to win a game. It is... It is... One of the most genuinely enjoyable experiences in my life. I have so much fun playing Fizz. Like, there's nothing else I would rather do than... I just want to play Fizz all the time. Fizz at a high level. Fizz at a high level in Challenge Game. It is so fun. Mm. Just Fizz. And and I think... So it is possible. There is there is a lot of parallels with me learning Kiana in Diamond and then playing Fizz. Like, the, the, the mindset. Because all I want to do when I play Fizz is I want to play beautiful League of Legends. And I want to win in a certain way. And... I've just gotten to this level where it's like, I know what I'm capable of and I just know what I'm looking for. And it's just fun. It's genuinely fun. And I don't know how else to describe it. 
and and I think what what that is is essentially is, is you've you've picked a champion that you genuinely love, you've reached a level of champion mastery that is that allows you to open your mind to think about whole, the game holistically, and you've kind of and you've kind of I guess internalized the process, and you just want to play beautiful League of Legends, like you've ticked every box, you get this flow state. It's very rare. It's very, very rare that I get to that flow state on many other champions. It's just mainly just Fizz at the moment. Because you put in so much time. So much time. And then I, I think he's the champ I love. You love the champ I love. Well, I, I think that's the biggest difference. Yeah. Different, different. It's not even the champ mastery. It's literally the love of the champ. I think the champ's like beautiful champion design. It's, it's cool. It's, it's cool. really unique. It has strengths and weaknesses. It's just high skill cap, creative playmaking. Mm. It's just beautiful. Mm. And... Learning a champion will kind of bring it... It's like a glimpse into that, I think. Starting from the step one. Yeah. Because again... But you've got it at step a thousand. Still. Yeah. But in a way, but the, the, the learning... The, the part of the learning champion, especially when you're learning a champ that you find fun, it's it's really fun if you, if you can really internalize the learning. That it's just learning, learning, learning. You don't even really care when you die. When you're learning a champion way. It's like, oh, okay. You're just, you're just looking at, why did I die? How did I mess this up? What, what, what went wrong here? You're just going straight into the review, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't, I don't take anything personally. Like everything is away from identity. You know, we, sometimes we talk about identity level and then, you know, um, like separating you from you know, the mistake, separating Nathan or Curtis from this mistake. You are not, you know, your gamer name. That's not you. So when you're learning a champion in a way, if you do it properly, Every mistake is completely detached from your identity. So the mistakes don't hurt. And once you feel that, when you feel that, it feels amazing. Because it's, it's, it's such a stark contrast from what you would feel when you're trying to play for the LP. Every loss, every mistake hurts. At an, it even hurts at an identity level sometimes when you're that serious about the LP. Because you, over time, if you continue to focus the LP, you become one with the LP. I am this mistake. I am this LP. I am a failure. If I'm if I'm losing this game, I'm losing a part of my soul, mm. <laughs> literally. Versus, I love Fizz. I'm just going to play Fizz at the best of my ability. That's it. Yeah. It's hard to do, man. It's Very hard to get to that level. Like, just, it doesn't... But that... You can get to that level. It's all relative. You can be at that level and get to that flow state in Diamond. It's basically where you've, you've hit that period where you're, you're capped... And now you're just trying to figure out small little ways to like improve. And you don't really have a ranked goal. I don't like, I don't, I'm not really thinking it's more about, like a champion goal. It's a champion goal. Yeah. 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 And I think it's more, I think it's easier to, to, to feel like that though on champs like Fizz than it is a mage because the nature way mages it, play, you sort of just got to do you nothing. Kinda, for yeah. Early. You're kind of yeah. like, yeah. So also I really, this kind of ties into it, Nathan. This is event slash genuine confusion confusion question. Okay. At the end of the day, our Soul 2, the Soul 2 in the Midland Academy, we are there to help people um, better their relationship with the game and, and ultimately get results. We want them to get results. We want them to have a to set them up with a with knowledge and a process and tool and their own toolkit. So they can improve by themselves where they're guiding them, shepherding them, shepherding them along the way. So that ideally they reach their rank goal, whatever that may be. 
Now, the way that one person wants to achieve that rank goal is very different for everyone, isn't it? Some people don't really care about what champ they play. They'll just play whatever they get told. Other people, they want to do a certain way. Now, what I've noticed and started to creep up on me is that like I, I, I look at some champions and I'm like, this champ just sucks. Your champion just genuinely is inferior to the other champions in the game. Yep. And you are making the game... First of all, you're, I don't... I struggle to see how you would have fun playing this way of League of Legends. And I would also, which is, again, very ego... It's not egotistical, but it's it's very, I guess... Everyone enjoys different things. But, but I think the biggest challenge with me mentally is like, I'm now coaching you in this game where there is so little to take away from because your champ has so little proactivity that you're, you do realize you're making the process so much harder than it needs to be. And I find myself then forgetting it's not about how fast you want to climb. It's about no, how they want be. to do it. That's you right, know? Yeah. Do you find yourself wrestling with this? Yeah, I do. A hundred percent. Yeah. And how do you wrestle with it mentally? Cause I, 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 cause I feel like I'm not doing my job. If yeah, I'm helping them get results. Exactly. I feel like, I feel like I'm failing them. Yeah. Cause I know if we, if we're trying to climb from platinum four to diamond four with zigs, like it's going to take fucking forever. No, usually I, 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 I tell them, you can do this, but know that it's going to be incredible. Yeah, but I feel like difficult. an asshole for saying that. Yeah, I guess so. Because it's like, they want to play been, the chance. Is it like the reality though? Like, let's say... Yeah, but the, but then I feel bad for saying it because I'm like, well, they like what they like. Well, like, like, I don't want to influence them in a way with what they like because we, yeah, we talk about what fun, true. fun, you know, that you have to yeah, enjoy fun. it. Yeah. Well, so I'm super conflicted with this, Nathan. Yeah, I guess you sort of got to really outline what their goals are, isn't it? Isn't it? Because like, okay, for example, one, one of the, I've got a um, Silverthorn in my in my uh, Midland Academy. She initially came in as a Malzahar player. Yeah. And I told her pretty much flat up. I can't, you're not going to learn jack shit with Malzahar. You need a different champion. You need to play something that will allow you to learn the fundamentals. So as I recommended her Victor. She didn't like Victor. So then she chose Ziggs. And look, Ziggs, you can still learn a lot. Mm. But like Z the way you win a game with Ziggs, like, like... You're again a lot of your, you're just gonna lose by playing well as long as you're okay with that. You're gonna play a lot of these games that you're playing really well, but you're still going to can't lose be proactive. because you just have such little proactivity. You can't run around assassinating people and stuff. No, no. You, I mean you can't even dominate. You don't win lane many lanes. Yeah. You just go even and winning going even. It's is sort of like of a winning. lux. You're just like a stone wall. Yeah, and like we can climb like this with a fifty-two percent win rate, but it's gonna be brutal. Mm. And it's going to make me look like an average coach because mm. you're thinking you're, you know, you're getting coaching from me. You would expect to get results fast, but there's only, I can only get your results as fast as your champ will allows. Mm. That's why when like people are drawn to these champions like Kale and like, you know, like Kale and Vlad, like these champs with like no proactivity and people get confused. Like, why do you not recommend these champions? It's just like, like I'm just going to sit here and we're just going to go even in lane for the first 11 minutes and then pray that the enemy, we can win like that. I think we need to be, I think that for me, when I view those champs, I just get really bored. Yeah. Reviewing. I need to be okay with being bored. Me too. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's just like the nature. So I'm of like, all right, we're just going to go through this you first want, 10 minutes want, and nothing's going to happen, but we just got to do it. Yeah. And you want like excite you because then sometimes you get like this rush from really good fun vods with good champs that you like yeah. good fundamentals and you're like you, that's just not the job. The yeah, it's not that. It's not, I guess it's not the date. That's not what we signed up for. Yeah, you got to adapt to what the clients what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. And look, like a part of me feels as though Nathan, like 
do we do it? Do, I, 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 I think we fail to, to, to really teach though what we mean by like what champs to climb with. Because yeah, at the end of the day, you, I you really touch on that again. I don't. I think we need to because the game isn't balanced at the most fun. It's not the game. If you think about it, no, the game is it's not balanced. balanced yeah. Some champions are just better, better here and there. It's than like, the others. it's like item, the way items work and stuff like that. You know, like the thing with mages, yeah. like sometimes you just a huge disadvantage. You just a huge disadvantage yeah. for playing a champion. Yeah. Which when you're first coming to the game, that wouldn't make sense. Like no. you would think that everything's balanced. Like you can win with everything. Yeah. But the, when these champs initially got released, like they just, they wouldn't release champions like that now. No. Because they're outdated. The no. game has evolved. Yeah. The way the game was played in season three, four, five is not the way the game was played in season nine, 10, 11. And like, they just wouldn't release a champ like that. They know what, they would never release a Cassidan. They would, you know, they would never do that. No. They would never release a Kale. Like, and I, whenever I see champs like Kale mid, it's just doesn't, it, it fundamentally doesn't make sense for the role in my opinion. Like you're in the middle of the map and there's all these things you can do. And you're just standing And we're there. just here. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have you no CC. Yeah. You have no mobility. Pure damage. Yeah, you have no roam. Short range. It, it makes zero sense. And you can still win with it. Mm. And it'll be fun because the game's going to get extended. you whack people away. But it's like, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, like, I, maybe I need to write an article. What makes a good League of Legends champion or something? Like, what, what makes, what makes um, a good champion for a pool or something? I, I don't know. Something to explore. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe it's something we need to explore a little bit more. Anyway, just a bit tangent there. Any other? I think we'll wrap it up wrap this it episode, up. Curtis. That's um, this one. Any housekeeping, Curtis? Housekeeping. Oh, we have a clips channel. Yes, we need to. We have a clips channel. I'll, I'll, I'll announce that as well on our community section. Yep. Put in the YouTube. community. Yep. YouTube. Um. I'll put that in. Probably put it in the description as well. Yeah. We originally were uploading the clips on our main channel, but. I think it, people are saying it hurts the algorithm. Yeah. Like that. I think our, low, our last episode is the lowest performing episode because of it now. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck. We'll have to rebuild it. Rebuilding it again. Um, and shout out to Ashuria for yep. helping with that. Absolutely. She's helping us. Great job. With the Eclipse channel, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I think that's basically it. We talked about the Art of War. If you want to join our book club. Oh, yeah. Book club. We're so rock and rolling. Right Art of War at the moment. We're in our fourth book. Yeah, it's going really fast. It's, it's growing. It's great. It's great. More more attendance in the book club meetings, which is awesome. Familiar we're becoming faces. intellectuals. We're gonna have smarter this, day by day. Smarter day by day. We're gonna have this huge pool. Of and knowledge. we're um we're watching the Formula One. Both watching the Formula One documentary at the moment, which got, I got, we got recommended. Yeah, loving it. Great stuff. So um we I mean we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that at some point because I think it's so relevant. There's so many pieces of it that I think are relevant. Yeah, to league, especially the the thing where like there's two teammates, and the things that like it's out of your control. Like there's so many things that are out of your control and like they, the way they deal with it is so amazing it's to me. It's beautiful, yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's like how they just walk away. Lost the race. They just lose the engine, like gets cut power and they just walk away. Yeah. It's pretty incredible to me. Anyway, we'll get to that in another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.